Hello everybody and welcome back or welcome for the first time or for the last time to What Woody's Watching Spoiler Free Reviews. This episode is on the Danish detective mystery series, The Chestnut Man. Now this series is doing pretty well. It came out at least in Denmark in September, October in 2021. I just watched this recently. It is available on Netflix as a Netflix original series, at least where I am in Colombia, as well as in the USA. I've only seen a few Danish things before, like The Rain and the Danish characters in 1899, a lot of whom were also in The Rain. So these actors were all new to me and they all did a great job. I would love to read off some of their names for you, however, these are Danish names and I have no idea how to pronounce them, so go ahead and take a look at their names here. Each character is really good. You get some typical archetypes in detective stories, like this guy is a bit of the unusual style detective, whereas this one is a bit more by the book, but still determined to get things done, even if it means spending less time with her family and working long hours. The story itself is based on a novel. It is very compelling. It's a very good mystery. Every episode you learn a little bit, little bit more and you think you're getting somewhere and you are getting somewhere, but it's not so much that you can guess the mystery too early on. It still keeps you guessing. They are following this murder who leaves chestnut men at the site of his crimes. If you don't know what that is, it's basically they take these chestnuts and they put matches or sticks in them to make arms and legs and a neck to make a little man. Now I'm sure this has a greater cultural significance in Denmark where they make these things unless this whole idea of chestnut men is entirely made up. But it's still really interesting to see what I guess I'm going to call chestnut culture. This takes place during the fall or the autumn as my non-North American friends call it. So chestnuts are very prominent at this time of year. And there's a lot of symbolism at certain moments in the series where they play a song or children are singing a song about chestnuts and chestnut men. And it all kind of adds to the creepiness of the series. Well, I shouldn't say the series is creepy, but the creepiness of the murderer and the suspense of the series. It is a pretty short series, only six episodes. So it is a pretty easy series to watch. If you have the time, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. The characters, the mystery, the murderer, all the motivations and things like that are all really interesting. I give this series an 8 out of 10. I love a good detective series and I think this is one of the best ones that I've seen of the year. So I'm about to get into spoilers, but if you're listening to this podcast, just know that the spoiler-free section comes from my TikTok videos on what Woody's watching. So that's why I said uh, I can't pronounce these names, so take a look at them, because I show a picture of the cast and their names and the characters that they played. So you can read it when you watch the video. But I will now take a minute to try to read some of these names for you. The main character, Naya Thulin, is played by Danica Kirkik, Kursik. There's a lot of C's in there, I don't know how they're pronounced. Uh, Simon Gens, the forensics analyst, is played by David Densick. Mark Hess, the other detective, is played by Mikkel Fulsgaard. And Rosa Hartung is played by Eben Dorner. And Steen Hartung is played by Esben Dahlgaard. So those are kind of the principal characters in this series. And I hope if you're Danish or if you know Danish, I hope I didn't get those too badly butchered. But now I'm going to get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the series yet, I highly recommend it. Please go and watch it. Again, this series is on Netflix. 
So if you've seen it, we know who the murderer is. Now I will say I had no idea throughout the series. Nothing really gave me an inkling for it. And I don't know, maybe if I watch it again, I might notice some certain detail. But I would like to go back and well I don't want to go back and watch it again I just watched it but I, I would be happy to think about it again and see maybe if there's something there that tells me that the forensics guy Gens is the murderer was there some clue that I wasn't noticing that I didn't realize was there something that I should have known that I didn't think of or was there something there but secret that wasn't supposed to be obvious and most people missed anyway so it did feel a bit strange that this guy was the murderer, like nothing really hinted towards it for me, unless there was something there that I missed. But, you know, it, it wasn't too crazy. It wasn't like they just pulled someone that would have made no sense. It wasn't like the detective herself or anything. I mean, I guess he kind of was a detective, but he was forensics analyst, so not, not really the same. <laughs> It wasn't like the head of the police department or anything absolutely wild. Or the prime minister, that'd be crazy. Now I'm just getting into crazy theories of what-ifs, and that's not what happened. So, I did think it was really interesting throughout the series as we see these chestnut men with the girl's uh, fingerprint, uh, Catherine, right? And I kind of thought right from the start like maybe oh this must mean that Catherine is alive that's going to be the point of the plot I think people kind of expected that from the beginning I think it would have been extra tragic had we found out she was actually dead but they would have needed to show it somehow right they can't just go on through the series and say oh yeah I, I've had these for years she's been dead these are just saved with her fingerprints on them that would have been stupid right if she was dead but Gens did something and like showed them the body that would be something that makes a bit more sense but that's not what happened they still found her daughter again in the end and I think that's something people kind of expected but it was still really interesting to see and I like the way the the scene leading up to it was edited and kind of kept the suspense alive you kind of knew it was going to come but, you know, you still didn't have that confirmation until the very end. I did really like the character of Steen Hartung because, I don't know, I guess as a man, I feel like men are often portrayed as not as important of a parent in movies. Or at least a lot of times a story like this will focus on the mother. And this one had a good amount of both parents. And both parents can love their children equally. And in many ways, Steen is the one trying to hold on to hope longer. And Rosa is saying, we need to move on. You need to stop doing this. Let's take down the stuff in her room. And Steen is the one saying, oh, they found her fingerprint. That means she could be alive. I'm going to go ask people if they've seen her. I'm going to bring up the newspapers again, look for any clues. And I like that, showing that, you know, a father can care just as much as a mother. And... The mother was the one who was kind of saying, you need to let it go. You're holding on to something that isn't real. Where I feel like usually in a TV show, it'll be the roles will be reversed where a mother is holding on to hope and the father's like, you need to be logical. You need to move on. When in reality, you know, a parent is going to feel these crazy emotions no matter what, whether they're a man or a woman. 
And I was kind of surprised that it, they didn't think of the rest of them didn't think, oh, Catherine must be alive sooner. I mean, they had two of her thumbprints at crime scenes. There was obviously some kind of connection. And of course, they mentioned it. I mean, it was logical approach for the police. I guess in reality, the police, after they've called off a year long search, would still be telling the parents, hey, this doesn't mean that she's alive. It could mean they could be old. We don't know. And while I was watching the show, I was curious, and I did look it up. Some fingerprints do stick around for decades. If they're in a place that's preserved or something like that, they can stick around forever. Now, finding the exact species of the chestnuts was interesting. Not something I would have thought of. Again, I don't really know a whole lot about chestnuts. So this isn't something that would have crossed my mind. If anyone listening is a fan of chestnuts, then perhaps this really made you interested or pleased you to have this kind of interesting information about a chestnut in there. I know when you when you know a topic, when you're like an expert or well-educated in a topic, it makes movies and TV shows so obvious when they get things wrong. And I'm sure most police and detectives watch 95% of detective shows and are like, this is totally wrong. <laughs> but and I've seen many videos of detectives reacting to movies and TV shows and saying this makes no sense, but I still really enjoy this. And I think most people really enjoy good mystery. And this was definitely one of them. The one thing Hess was maybe a bit too quick to believe or understand was that he had this idea that once the hand was gone and then the second person was missing two hands, Maybe it was after the first person, but I think it was after the second person was missing two hands that he was automatically like, oh, is this going to be two more murders? Someone's going to be missing two hands and a foot. Someone's going to be missing both hands and both feet, just like a chestnut man has no hands or feet. That was kind of a, a stretch, but you know, maybe a smart detective could come up with it. And of course, when you're dealing with so many chestnut men, I guess there's a connection there, but... You can't really make hands on a chestnut man out of sticks or matches, so I wouldn't have thought that it would be something that obvious that he could come up with that quickly. But that wasn't so bad to the point where it took me out of the suspension of disbelief or anything like that. It wasn't like he just all of a sudden out of nowhere knew exactly who it was. And I do like how towards the end, both Hess and Thulin were narrowing in on the end, on the solution in different ways, in different places. And I find that kind of detective thing really interesting when you've got these two detective partners who each narrow in on it in different ways and then meet each other at the final confrontation. It's, you know, a standard storyline for these things but it works and I think it's really interesting and the audience gets different amounts of information and it allows the characters to be put in situations that they wouldn't have been put in if they had all the information for example Thulin doesn't know that Gens is the murderer but she's finding the farmhouse she's finding the types of chestnuts she's getting closer to the source of it whereas Gens doesn't realize that the farmhouse or the chestnut species are so important. He's searching for the people, the names, the adoptees, the kids of the crime in the past. And it was interesting, he was just following in the names, following the records that he could find, and he finds this guy, Toka, who is 
as far as we're aware, someone completely separate, and he sees the photo of him when he was younger, and he's like, damn, that's Gens. And so he calls the police right when they're about to make the announcement to keep the suspense up, just as exciting as you would hope to see from the end of a murder mystery. Meanwhile, she is going with Gens to find these chestnuts, because he's the Francis guy who would analyze them, and she doesn't realize he's the murderer. And then, this is the like I guess the first time that he kind of overtly shows any kind of personality that would link him as the murderer. Once he talks about being a good mother in the car with Thulin, maybe there was something he might have said or done beforehand that I missed. But that's when you know we kind of already know it's him, and that's when you start to think. Thulin thinks something's up with this guy. He's not just a normal dude. Now, I was a bit suspicious of Gens maybe using Thulin as one of his victims as well because Thulin has a very similar story to these neglectful mothers. She works too hard. She spends too many hours working. She leaves the Halloween party at her daughter's school to go work on this case with Gens and she tells him and he has a bad reaction to it and you know they know each other better I think he kind of likes her so he he's like oh I know you're trying to leave this job for a job with more regular hours so you can be with her more and but once he starts talking about you need to be a good mother I feel like oh maybe he's about to capture her and he's decided that she's going to be one of his victims one thing I don't think they mentioned a whole lot was did Gens tell the other guy to take the fall for the murder? Did he just leave some clues to frame someone unknowingly and the guy took the fall and confessed? Or did Gens convince him to do it? Was he acting basically under Gens' orders? Because he knew about the chestnut man when they were talking to him in the, in the room in the hospital. But he didn't know where she was he couldn't you know he knew he was innocent and he knew about the chestnut man but they didn't seem to investigate that any further i mean of course they wanted to and they tried to ask him more questions but they didn't seem to reveal the true connection between the two characters if you know what i'm saying like they didn't say oh gens paid him or convinced him or threatened him to take the fall for it or something like that or maybe Gens drugged him and convinced him to say it somehow because I don't know if the guy actually had some kind of mental condition that made him forget these things or that's just what people were saying because he confessed and it was obvious that he did it. They had the evidence, but they didn't find the body. He couldn't remember where the body was, so they just came up with this condition that he had to make sense of the story. So that would be kind of my only complaint there as well as maybe if they had dropped a couple of hints that Gens was the murderer earlier that I missed. If I missed something, that's fine. If they weren't there, then maybe I, I would have liked if they dropped one or two hints where at least someone might have an inkling that, oh, he's the guy before it actually is revealed. So those two things are really the only complaints I have about the series. In the end, I still think it's really good. I think Hess's story, his personal story, is also really good. And it kind of comes full circle at the end when Gens is like, oh, your mother and daughter burned, so you can burn with them. And then he's burning down the whole farm. And I just think it's great how, despite 
that fear that he probably has over being in a fire that he still goes through the effort to make sure Rosa gets out alive. He's desperately trying to get out. He doesn't give up, right? He's desperately trying to give out when so many people could have maybe just accepted their fate and, you know, been happy to be reunited with his wife and daughter and given up there. But he had a job. He had to protect Rosa, and he got her out. And he was smart enough to go back for the gun, even if that meant lighting himself on fire a little bit. Uh, that might have been something a little, you know, extreme that not everyone would have done in that situation. Maybe get out of the fire as quick as possible. But he saw the gun and he knew that he would probably be needing it. So I don't know what he would have done without it. So it it's all kind of works out. I think the way Gens went out was a little bit anticlimactic. Just to have him die getting pierced by a tree after the car crash is a bit... Mm, a bit lame, a bit convenient, a bit too easy for him. But it also created that problem that they didn't get to hear where Christine was. However, I know a couple days has passed in the series, uh, in their world, but it's like just one or two scenes later, they're on their way to raid the house to try to find Christine. Like, it's literally... At first, I thought they were driving home from the crime scene from the farmhouse when he was like uh, Hess was asking if she was cold or too warm or something like that in the car I thought that was on their way home like it went through the night and they were in the morning driving home but it was them a few days later on their way to the ferry to go to Germany and try to find that house so despite the fact that Gens died and didn't tell them where Christine was, it didn't seem to really hold them up that much. So that's, I guess that would be kind of my third complaint. It was a little, you know, I would have liked to see him put in prison or something instead. But, um, you know, it's, it's not that crazy. It's not that big of a deal. It's not something I would say is a negative feature about the series. I just would have liked to see him suffer a bit more, you know? You want to see the villain get their get their punishment. So in the end, like I said, I really enjoyed this series. That's pretty much all I have for you on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, please note that there should be a question that you can answer somewhere when you click on the episode. It should say, uh, what did you think about this episode or something like that. Please feel free to give me your thoughts, how I can improve, whether it's the topics that I cover about it, whether you just want to ask me a question about the series, something I thought about it, or any of my podcasts, whether it's the format that I do, the way that I go about talking about these things. Please leave any constructive criticism. It could be about what I'm actually saying, or it could be about the sound quality, or maybe something didn't come out right on your end when you're listening to it. Please let me know. Again, that is for The Chestnut Man, the Danish series on Netflix. I give it an 8 out of 10. Again, thank you so much for listening if you've made it this far, and keep loving movies and TV. Goodbye.